0: my god protect don't you're too young to experience that much pain if that thing leaves a waxy yellow buildup on anything I'm coming back here savor the mystery stephen we don't get nearly enough of it.
1: I really enjoy your broadcasts.
0: Hello, and welcome to Who Are You? The Babylon 5 Watchcast by a couple of internet strangers who are getting to know each other over the show Babylon 5. I'm Laura. I'm Jafar. And today I get to ask Jafar,
1: Who are you?
0: Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who
1: I am? Who I am someone who is just absolutely head over heels in love with professional wrestling. Uh, let's get ready to rumble!
0: Wow, that is not where I expected that sentence to go.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love professional wrestling. I love long-form storytelling.
0: That's why you love Babylon 5.
1: It is why I love Babylon 5. And professional wrestling is that to a whole nother level. You have one actor playing a character who will go through changes. And sometimes they change the character completely. You get a new name, you get a new gimmick, all that stuff. But there are characters who have had like succinct arcs and been the same person for 30 years of television right now. Wow. Like, you know, and it's just like every bit adds. And one of the things that, I mean, when pro wrestling is bad, it's terrible. When pro wrestling is okay, it's usually not good. But when pro wrestling is good, oh, it's so good. And when it's great, <laughs> it's beyond description. They'll be like, who's really good at it? I hate to even bring him up because he's a scumbag, but Josh Whedon. Joss Whedon is really good at referencing stuff in his character's previous arcs. Like bringing Mm -hmm. up little things, lots of nuanced detail to like remind you of things that have happened in a character's past. And pro wrestling is really, really good at that. Sure. And there is a newer wrestling group right now, counterpart to the WWE WWF that's called All Elite Wrestling. AEW. Um, I watch it almost every week and it was founded by a group of professional wrestlers who are all really good at this, this particular aspect of storytelling, the like long form narrative arc. The biggest story they've got going on right now has been running for almost two, two and a half years in various phases of being the primary story that they're telling as an organization to it being something they might reference occasionally in a web series to it feeling completely dormant. And they bring it back and there's lots of, there's lots of in jokes and in references. Like right now, there's been a, there's a retired wrestler named CM Punk. He's been retired for about seven or eight years. He went over to UFC, had a couple fights, didn't really do it. And there's this giant rumor circling around the internet that AEW has signed him to come back to pro wrestling.
0: It sounds very dramatic.
1: It is. And nothing's been confirmed, Mm -hmm. right? But There's so much little stuff happening right now on the internet and all of the wrestling marks are just super in tune to it. So there's things like the band that does his theme song started following the wrestling company on Twitter, (laughs) right?
0: It's that little gossip drama.
1: It's that little gossip drama, right? His name is CM Punk and one of the top wrestlers on Wednesday night randomly for no reason wore a Cookie Monster shirt and people are like, Cookie Monster, CM. It's happening.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Like it's that level. And that's on purpose. I promise that was on purpose. He wore that shirt. Whether or not he signed, that shirt was worn because of that, right? Yeah. And it's it's so good. And it's just little things like that that are all over the place and little in references. And just the attention to detail in storytelling is just absurd. And it's fun. And it's like... Before any of you come at me, oh, wrestling is fake, (laughs) right? Wrestling isn't fake.
0: I I would never come at you with that.
1: It's predetermined. (laughs) It's it's definitely predetermined. Sure. But it's not fake. They're still in a ring. They're doing things that look like they hurt. Some of them Mm -hmm. definitely hurt. They don't hurt as much as it looks like. That'd be insane. You wouldn't be able to do that three days a week to your body. Right. You know, they're not actually fighting. They're dancing. It's choreographed they're doing choreography Um, but it's improv choreographed and just like they'll have matches where like uh you'll work a knee or something so they're like the dude's finisher is like a knee lock and he's gonna get you to tap out and so he's always targeting the knee and then like you'll see the other wrestler like fake a limp or something and all this stuff you know It's just that kind of attention to detail and minutia that makes it so good when it's good. It definitely earns its bad rap for being redneck anime. Like, 100% won't fight that at all.
0: I had never thought of that, but that is a a very nice description. It's very (laughs) colorful, I should say.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it gets across my point Yeah. very succinctly. (laughs) So yeah, I'm a pro wrestling fan. I'm literally wearing a Roddy Roddy Piper shirt right now.
0: I wondered what that was because I could see the lightning on it.
1: Yeah, it's I don't. It's like a panther thing with hot rod for Roddy Piper, who's one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, and like lightning on the top. Yeah, there's some lightning <laughs> sticking
1: out the top. But yeah, that's who I am.
0: Yeah, speaking of lightning,
1: there's some lightning in this episode. <laughs> yes, in uh season one episode five, infection, and we start with uh. I guess it's the B-plot. It might be the C-plot. It doesn't really feel like a B-plot to me for the amount of airtime it gets. But we start with Garibaldi and a hostile ISN reporter who wants to interview Sinclair. And he is just docking out at every opportunity. He just has no interest in this interview. He's like that.
0: Well, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen him since I came aboard. Now that, now that we're talking about professional wrestling, she has very 90s. Professional wrestling, like either announcer or fan <laughs> hair, like, and and I say this is a curly headed person that is very like big '90s curly hair.
1: Oh yeah, that's some big curls. All right, <laughs> I had to uh, I had to pull up the episode real quick. Yeah, that's some big curls. That's yeah, fair.
0: I love that because now I'm like I could see her at a professional wrestling thing in the '90s. <laughs> I can just picture her there. Mm-hmm. That's great. I want to point out here that Garibaldi,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's been assigned, I guess, to keep this ISN news reporter away. Yeah. And he's he's giving us a couple lines which are supposed to be funny, but they really made my stomach turn <laughs> when he is trying to entertain her with some of the local shop stuff. Yeah. And he's like, this is either...
1: Yeah, the the floor wax. Either
0: an aphrodisiac or a floor wax. I don't know which one. And then the next words out of his mouth are, did I tell you I really like your broadcast?
1: (laughs) Cringe.
0: Creepy as fuck. Creepy as, and he absolutely deserves what he gets coming to him later.
1: 100%. (laughs) There's a bit of a passing line in here that made me freak out. Mm. So they say it's the second anniversary of Babylon 5 going online. Yes, I remember that. And you never put dates in unless you're 100% they're accurate is like writing rule number one for this kind of story. And I'm like, it's the fifth episode of the first season. Has it been two years since the, since Since the gathering already? Yeah. And it hasn't been, I checked. The gathering says it takes place in 2257. Season one takes place in 2258. So there's a year in between The gathering and the next episode of season one, there's an indeterminate amount of time there, but there's probably a, there's some, a a fair passage of time in there. Mm -hmm. And then the gathering isn't the station going online. It's the station receiving diplomatic corps, which would be after the station goes online and after you get all the bugs worked out and all that stuff. Okay. That's fair. So it ended up working out, but I'm just like, whoa, time jump in my brain meets. I was like two years.
0: Well, especially they ended the pilot with Babylon Five is now open for business. So you right. could easily equate that with going online,
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's not. it's it all it all checked out. I did the sure. research, so you don't have to, listener. If you watched <laughs> the episode and freaked out like me, we're all good. <laughs> that's not that's not a flub.
0: It all makes sense.
1: I thought it was uh, funny. They reference uh, voids of London having five hundred to one odds against the station.
0: It's nice to know that Lloyd's of London makes it into the twenty third century,
1: right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty two fifty eight. Yeah. So, twenty third century. Uh, good on you, Lloyd's sure. for, for making it. I didn't really have any doubt. <laughs> I think, right. I think the world could end and we'd have cockroaches and Lloyd's left.
0: Yeah, I think that as long as capitalism survives, Lloyd's of London is there.
1: Yeah, capitalism <laughs> or imperialism.
0: Right. And then we move on from uh, that opening scene where we find out that they're dodging Mm -hmm. into the med lab. And one of Dr. Franklin's old professors, who I want to call Low Rent Indiana Jones shows up. Well, I thought archaeologists were always funny little men searching for their mommies.
1: Mommies. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's talking a big game and he's got some big promises and invites dr franklin on a quest and then they promptly go nowhere
1: i'm looking for someone to share in an adventure well this is nonsense yeah yeah you'll (laughs) find out soon enough you know savor the mystery like weird choices bro this is of course david McCollum, who is a very famous actor
0: yeah he's been in a lot of stuff i looked him up i haven't seen most of it but he's been in a lot of it
1: yeah he's the russian spy in the original man from uncle and then most people listening to this would probably know him as Ducky from NCIS, which he was on like 20 seasons of. Yeah. Sure. I've seen some of that show. I've, I, it's not really my thing, but yeah, yeah. in passing, I've seen some of it. We cut to uh, Space TSA. That dude gets straight tasered.
0: Yeah. I'm beginning to think that we need to, you know, I believe in the pilot, we established that there are no guns and drugs allowed on Babylon 5. Yes,
1: guns or drugs. But not guns and drugs.
0: I think that we need to start scanning for zappy things too. Because we've had a lot of electricity zapping. We had the zappy glove mm-hmm. with Born to the Purple. Now we've got this taser.
1: There's been lots of zappies. That's that's a good call out. My shirt. Yeah, there's zappies everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he gets he gets tasered and then we cut to the command staff have found the dead guy.
1: Yep. Yep, natural causes, a heart attack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we meet Dr. Hendrick's assistant, and it's the guy who killed the dude.
0: Firstly, I'd like to introduce you to my assistant, Nelson Meet Dr. Stephen Franklin, one of the best students I ever had. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. <laughs>
1: and then I think I really liked the way this little bit right after that is done, where the second the assistant opens the box, we get a hard cut to CNC.
0: Yes. And John Ralphio tells us that he saw an energy spike. The
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's his name now. That's his name now. And I just, I really like, I mean, it's typically bad form to put a hard cut in anything. With no transition at all, just one scene, another scene, the color grading's not even close. Like, it's supposed to really be jarring and it is. Right. And it's an excellent use of it from a film editing perspective. I was really happy with it.
0: Yeah, it really highlights that this information that we get in this hard cut scene is important.
1: Yeah. And it, there's the way they do it, you know, there's no question in your mind, it's directly related. Box mm-hmm. opens, energy spike. We have that. Yep. And they can't give us that with Dr. Franklin because then he'll be suspicious. Mm-hmm. So, it has to be somewhere else that finds the energy spike. So, I thought that was really well done. We
0: have to put the mystery together.
1: Yep. We find out these artifacts are from Akara 8.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that Akara or Akarva? My handwriting's terrible.
0: I think it was Ikara.
1: Ikara? Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think it's Ikara 7, though.
1: Ikara 7. Oh, it is 7. I wrote 7. I just wrote Roman numerals because that's what the subtitles did. <laughs> that's my brain meets. And we find out he found them in a vault a mile underground on a dead world like if i find a vault a mile underground anywhere i'm not opening that shit
0: stay behind me short round step where i step and don't touch anything
1: this was clearly meant to be left where it is you're not going to build up a mile of dirt in well i guess it was a thousand years so maybe it seems like it's too much for that amount of time, sure, but maybe I'm full of shit. <laughs> well, no, there can't be there's stuff from a thousand years ago that's not a mile underground. Nothing from a thousand years ago is a mile underground unless we buried it there. That's
0: true. no. it yeah, definitely here that would not work, would it?
1: Yeah, and I mean other planets will have different geothermic and yeah. winds and there's no civilization to dust so maybe it builds up faster that's I don't
0: know. for other people with more time to try to figure out for us right <laughs> but i think we get a, an interesting bit of information in here when he says that the expedition is fronted by interplanetary expeditions yes it's our first mention of this group and it won't be the last in the show
1: yep they will be around for a bit Mm-hmm. And we will find out why.
0: Ooh, Ooh.
1: Mysteries. So he pulls out the stuff and we find out why he wanted Dr. Franklin specifically it's because this is organic technology. Mm-hmm. It has capillaries, it has DNA. He describes this device and he's like, it's a scanner because it has, and he lists like all of the stuff that's in your eyes, you know, like the nodes and everything. It's all stuff that, how our eyes work. It's like, it's just covered in them. So it's like, it's a giant eyeball. Gross. Which was creepy, right? (laughs) Yeah. That is not what the kids were expecting at the Halloween trick or treating fun house in the neighborhood. When they reached into the barrel full of eyeballs, it was peeled grapes. No, it was just the scanner thing. Oh, that was bad. (laughs) Anyways. uh (laughs) <laughs> so uh, Dr. Franklin asks about the quarantine. He's like, how'd you get the four, around the 48-hour quarantine? And he's just uh-huh. like super dismissive. It's all like, yeah, we did it here, whatever. And he's just like, too Dr. Franklin is too excited to question any further. You know, he trusts his mentor to be on the up and up and just starts working on it.
0: And he's appealed to his vanity because he says, don't you want to be like Jonas Salk and Jenner? And he lists off a bunch of doctors and so...
1: He- yeah.
0: Franklin's like, well, yeah, I'd I'd want to try. It's a cool list to be on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take that. Meanwhile, Doctor Assistant is unpacking and he opens a box that has Marcellus Wallace's soul in it. Vincent. We happy?
0: Yeah, we happy.
1: As a light shines on him and then <laughs> lightning shoots out of the box and gets him.
0: Yep. He does a fun stunt there where he like throws himself back into the cabinets and yeah, we got some lightning over it. And I've got to say, when we got to this episode, I had this moment that I was like, oh yeah, here's the special effects I
1: remember
0: <laughs> <laughs> in season one. I think in season one, we spent all our money on costumes yeah, and nothing on music.
1: And guest stars, nothing on music.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we kind of skimped on the effects in the middle. I'm not saying all the effects are bad because that's not true.
1: Yeah. Before we were watching this together, Mm -hmm. I was almost done with my own rewatch Babylon 5 that I had started in December of last year, right? Mm -hmm. And yesterday or the day before I finished my, I, I went through, I watched the last two episodes of season five. I think I skipped like, three or four there um just i wanted to be done and focus on this Mm rewatch but i also felt weird to kind of leave it incomplete so i skipped a couple watched the last episode there and wow is it different for sure i know i mean the season five finale was actually filmed at the end of season four which is a whole thing we'll talk about at the end of season four yeah so it's not even the like full-on tnt budget but just the special effects everything it it all just gets so much cleaner for sure there's lots of music in the episode too i definitely <laughs> noticed that
0: i can't wait for some real music
1: <laughs> yeah well once they the thing is once they like buy the song they use it as much as they can so the m- longer we go eventually there's a full profile of music that'll be in the show and you'll just hear there'll be the same 50 songs instead of the same three and I began to wonder why why would Pache Bell do that to us such a beautiful instrument so he gets beat up thrown across the room and I'm kind of pissed at Dr. Franklin about this because dude is clearly sick as hell like he is sweating mm-hmm. he's like super fidgety like the actor really sells it and it's just like has a doctor operates like <laughs> quarantines and stuff how do you not dig in on this yeah like I, I mean he's I'm sure he's just super excited about the organic technology and being super famous and doing that whole thing and fulfilling his destiny and all this stuff. But it's just like, dude is right in front of you. Like, if I saw someone that sick, especially now, (laughs) I'm backing the fuck away.
0: He's (laughs) at least tweaking out really hard.
1: We are going to make Letterkenny the biggest met town in the whole country. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if he's not sick, he's on drugs and you got problems.
0: He obviously needs medical attention in some way, for sure.
1: After this, uh, we shoot back up to CNC, where Ivanova is committed to finding the energy spikes while Sinclair is nervous about his interview uh, because the last time he had an interview (laughs) with ISN, they transferred him somewhere you couldn't find with a hunting dog and a Ouija board.
0: Yeah, that was very colorful. I liked that. I wrote the, I wrote hunting dog and Ouija board down in my notes.
1: I appreciate that Ouija boards make it too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I, I suspect I didn't spell Ouija board right, but you know, I, I knew what I was trying to say. (laughs) I thought it was nice that in this episode, Ivanova gets to chase her own gremlin. That was really nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that this episode doesn't shit on Ivanova. Uh, back down in med lab, Dr. Franklin is just untiring in his examinations of technology.
0: Mm hmm. I I like that in this scene, they have a very contentious conversation based Mm -hmm. on the wrong premise. Because this is where Franklin gets a little bit preachy about you're just grave robbing and stealing the technology of a dead world.
1: That cross is an important artifact. It belongs in a museum.
0: Then it feels wrong. Mm -hmm. And you should just be making your own discoveries, which, hello all of the discoveries archaeologists make are things that other people have done. Duh. yeah And the the real meat, meaty conversation to me, because Vance does tell him what he plans to do, you know, sell it. Yeah. Interplanetary Expeditions is going to use us to try to develop our own organic mm-hmm. technology. The real conversation is how many people could die at the hands of this technology? Yeah. Not not you're a grave robber. That is ancillary.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really liked a lot of the dialogue in this conversation. Dr. Hendricks throws out a War of the Worlds reference.
0: I caught a Blade Runner reference.
1: He talks about giving Martians the cold. Oh. Which is how War of the Worlds ends. Yes. Because when the Martians invade, they catch the common cold and it just kills them all.
0: Uh, see. I wasn't thinking of of it as Martians, aliens. I was thinking of you know we've colonized Mars.
1: Oh yeah, well we have too. And in, in in story, that's part of Babylon Five. Yeah, right. But I, I thought at least my interpretation of it was that it was a War of the Worlds reference. Yeah. Which, given interplanetary expeditions, mm-hmm. given all of the stuff that's coming, and also kind of given the way shadow ships look compared to the flying saucers with all the legs that you see in typical war of the worlds, Mm -hmm. I thought it was super cool, really good foreshadowing. Just like really like, I mean, not that we needed proof that JMS had a plan the whole time, sure. but it's just one of those things that really just, you know, this is episode five and he makes that kind of reference to a ship we don't see for, I think the end of season two is the first time we see a shadow ship actually.
0: Yeah, that seems
1: right. I think I think that's when it might be the end of season. Regardless, like that level of planning is insane. We go through the shortcut, and he's just like, "I'm busy," you know. I've he's like, "I'm too busy living my life." He lists some vacation spots and calls it good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna go to space this weekend. Signed, Jeff Bezos. Is how this felt to me. Uh, it looks like R2D2 took some Viagra. <laughs> They don't keep it in a hanger. They keep it in the top drawer of a bedside table.
0: The late Jeff Bezos had a degree in archaeology.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Franklin says he looks up interplanetary expeditions. He can't find them. We get a quick moment with our ISN reporter that really hammers home that uh, she's not here for a feel-good story. Yeah. She's here to tear this place to shreds if she can.
0: And she shreds up Garibaldi and I was all for it because he was not appropriate in the first scene, so. No,
1: no. He was a dick and he deserves it. It is telling, though, because I think this is the same thing that happens whenever we get an ISN report around the station.
0: Yeah. I don't have good impressions of ISN. Not as much news as propaganda, perhaps.
1: Yep. Clearly sick doctor assistant pulls out an alien egg, which is just always a bad idea. I never want to touch an alien egg in my life. If I ever see an alien egg, I'm grabbing a flamethrower regardless of its size. And I'm sure putting it nowhere near my face or touching it. Never happening.
0: Yeah. And it just opens up with some little legs. Not ominous at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's just, yeah, like throws the thing on his chest and turns into a full monster of the week. Loaf and everything. Yep. He shoots Dr. Franklin saying, protect. (laughs) Dr. Franklin survives. And Dr. Hendricks just is like, yeah, shit's scary. Yeah, had assimilated my assistant. Whatever, are you going to help me figure this stuff out?
0: He uh-huh. was just, he was very concerned with is, is Franklin still going to be able to work?
1: Right, <laughs> that's all he's concerned with.
0: Yeah, and when Garibaldi and Sinclair are questioning him about what he knows and, and how this could have happened where Dr. Franklin's gotten hurt, Vance starts listing off all these things. Well, you know, this was a, Technology designed to protect things and it assimilates a life form. And Mm -hmm. how did he already know these things and not take more care with this artifact?
1: Right. (laughs) He's like, he didn't know anything about it uh, three hours ago. And now he's an expert. Exactly. How scared should we be? He is somewhere between not at all and entirely. Meanwhile, uh, so after this, we shoot up to CNC where Ivanova is tracking the power surges uh, while. Hybrid monster Nelson keeps changing and attacking. The uh, INS reporter makes a scene. Yes. And goes to step up to Sinclair. Ivanova (laughs) jumps in front of her and says, stop. You're too young to experience that much pain. And I just full on stopped, paused, and just cheered. Just like, oh, like I am straight (laughs) up a hype man behind Ivanova, like, towel and everything. Like, I am here for this.
0: This really makes me wonder. This is something that I've always thought and said about Babylon 5, is that anyone can go anywhere at any time for any reason on Babylon 5. This is a secure Mm -hmm. area. Sinclair tells her it's a secure area, and nobody does anything. Nobody shows up (laughs) to grab her arms. How did she even get in a secure area? There should be some kind of access badge.
1: I don't know. It doesn't make sense.
0: It's the plot hole that keeps on giving.
1: Meanwhile, uh, security has Egyptian Mega Man surrounded, and he just blasts his way through a bulkhead. And while this is all going on, Dr. Franklin finds the taser, and we get some exposition about the monster's growth in CNC as those two scenes kind of play out simultaneously. So Dr. Franklin now knows. Right that that security guard who got killed was the fault of his mentor directly or indirectly
0: and they're they're trying to figure out where mr monster is going to go and sinclair hypothesizes that if this thing is trying to protect and thinks we're all enemies it's going to go to the most populous area yeah and I really was sad that we missed out on an opportunity to have the monster go visit Mr. Mantis and ask for a map of the station.
1: <laughs> Robbed of this. <laughs> what is the most populous place on the station, Mr. Mantis? <laughs> Many complications. Right.
0: high. We just had an opportunity that we didn't take up.
1: Dr. Franklin has found a database of the history of the world the weapon is from while Sinclair is trying to predict the target. And we find out it was created by some crazies obsessed with purity and ideology over science. I'm sure glad we live in a world where I don't have to deal with things in this modern day where people are worried about their ideology compared to scientific fact. If there was some kind of, I don't know, virus or something running amok, it would sure be terrible to have anyone like that to deal with.
0: Yeah, that would be awful, wouldn't it?
1: Right. It just it'd make things terrible for everyone because Mm -hmm. they just refuse to compromise based off their ideology, despite being presented with a gross amount of scientific fact. Yeah. Probably to their own detriment in a lot of ways, not just their physical health.
0: You might get multiple waves of that virus.
1: Yeah, it'd be terrible. Could you imagine living in a world where that happens? I swear, I didn't intend to make political <laughs> jokes every episode, I don't. I, I don't. I make almost no political jokes in my day-to-day life. I will occasionally make a Mitch McConnell turtle joke.
0: That one makes itself, yeah,
1: yeah. But I really don't make a lot of political jokes. And maybe it's just the nature of the show and the story mm-hmm. it's telling. And really, this first season, I'm not apologizing, dear listener. Oh no, I'm just trying to throw some context on me as a person. <laughs> uh <laughs> fucking yikes uh security ambushes the assistant to the dr nelson and everything that they have just doesn't slow it down at all mm-hmm. sinclair decides to play hero and lure it to the airlock so he lures him to space tsa to pull a ripley get away from her you bitch and as he's talking to if jeff goldblum's fly was barrett from final fantasy 7 he starts to play some mind games challenging. <laughs> his ideology the for he says the first rule of the fanatic when you become obsessed with the enemy you become the enemy and basically gets the monster to turn on itself rip the space egg off Uh his chest and he just turns back to normal human he
0: logics it to death right (laughs) like like you should do with all computers You say you are lying, but if everything you say is a lie, then you are telling the truth. Illogical. Illogical.
1: Right. Or people obsessed with ideology over scientific fact. Logic them to death.
0: And once you logic them to death, all of that armor is just going to disappear and you'll be left with a naked person on the floor.
1: Yep. (laughs) I mean, his body changed a bunch. Clothes probably just kind of ripped off. Maybe they got absurd. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. All of that was... Very very loose for me. It's funny. We did watch this episode with my seven year old son,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he spent a lot of time yelling at the TV about <laughs> why is this happening, why is that happening, and I'm like, I I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen, I can't explain this to you.
0: <laughs> it, I I wish I had gotten it recorded because it would have been great to cut in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next time you'll know, you'll have mm-hmm. your phone sitting there recording. Yep. And just get the audio and we'll make drops out of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Franklin confronts Hendrix about his bullshit. Never meet your heroes, man. Right. Like, because I mean, you can have like, I feel like this is him truly meeting him because like they studied together, you know, like he was a mentor figure. Sure. And if you have a mentor who you later meet as a peer. Right. It's a very different type of relationship and conversation. Yep. And he definitely idolized this guy.
0: He's definitely falling off a pedestal for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. Franklin is given a choice by Hendricks. Your principles or being fucking loaded.
0: Yeah. We find out that his plan is it was to find out exactly what this technology did or could do mm-hmm. and then extort more money out of interplanetary expeditions.
1: You deliberately endangered a quarter million humans and aliens just to raise your profit margin.
0: It's not a good look no and franklin is is still and i'm not going to say franklin changes because i don't think that he does but he is a i don't want to say naive because it's not naive Mm -hmm. but he still has a lot of faith in general goodness and in perhaps his whole species and he does not want to take this money not Not a bone in his body wants to take this money,
1: yeah, from
0: my reading of the character,
1: Dr. Franklin's principles are brought up a lot in this show yes, there it's a reoccurring thing where it's Franklin's principles or this thing, and sometimes it's money, sometimes it's a victory, sometimes it's a big win. sometimes it's his sanity. sometimes it's a patient's life. There's all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. um Franklin's principles almost always win you know that is it's a defining trait of his character He's
0: not even questioning at this point
1: we come back well we come back to the show and garibaldi goes to sinclair's quarters to give him shit about being suicidal
0: yeah he is totally justified here
1: 100
0: i i wrote this is like the first smart thing garibaldi said in the whole episode
1: (laughs) right like ptsd is real Mm -hmm. And especially at this time in the 90s, like people were coming back from Gulf War one. Yeah. And as a country, we were having conversations about PTSD for the first time. I feel I was also a child, so it's hard for me to say.
0: Yeah, it was certainly the first time that we heard it. But, you know, even even the what was the I guess the Vietnam biggest biggest conflict before the Gulf Wars when we were kids. Right. Yeah. Would have been Vietnam.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were involved in Afghanistan and a couple of things in between there, but.
0: I don't think we were having healthy conversations about it yet. I think we didn't even really understand.
1: No. uh, I mean, my father was like draft age appropriate uh, for Mm -hmm. Vietnam. Whenever I would talk to him about his interactions with his friends who went to war and those that came back, PTSD was not something that was discussed.
0: And it's amazing. It's been, what, 30 years? No.
1: Coming up on. It'll be 30 years in three years.
0: Oh my god! Thirty years since the show came out, and it's like it's like it was written today. These these plots,
1: right? It's actually too smart to be written today. That's part of the problem. So, anyways, we were talking about <laughs> Garibaldi confronting him about being suicidal. I said PTSD mm-hmm. is real, and then Garibaldi has a quote: "Having something worth dying for is easier than finding something worth living for." Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me real hard, real hard. That resonated with me, and Sinclair. Says he doesn't have an answer. And really, he shouldn't. Like, that's a perfectly normal and rational response to your f- best friend calling you out on your bullshit. Cause if you had an answer, then you were prepared for the question. Right. And if you were prepared for the question, you'd be doing enough self examining to probably not be putting yourself in the question or putting yourself in the position where your best friend has to call you out on your bullshit.
0: This is the conversation that starts him on the road to therapy, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Because clearly he, he doesn't realize that he's doing this and it's maybe it's, he's chasing the high of, you know, one more grand battle. I don't know,
1: Mm -hmm. but. Well, he gets it, but that's a ways off and an entirely different circumstance. And he's a very different person. mm -hmm. Anyways, Dr. Franklin runs into Ivanova and they start talking about the growing xenophobia back on earth. Hate groups are targeting aliens there are fanatics. I wonder if what we saw is a preview of things to come. And then Ivanova says, I can't believe we'd be that foolish. Right. Those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Big yikes.
0: So Ivanova is me last week because right. immediately after she says this, <laughs> the the well, they look like the night watch is what they remind me They do look like
1: Nightwatch, but I don't think Nightwatch exists yet. It
0: doesn't exist yet, but I think maybe it's... They're
1: proto-Nightwatch, yeah. We're,
0: like, foreshadowing that. They show up, and they're going to take these artifacts back to Earth to be studied for... I'm going to call it national security. Planetary security is what they call it, but yeah.
1: Yeah, they've got the little crosshair badge instead of the Earth Earth Force badge. They're not officers, Mm -hmm. which is... Almost all of uh, Nightwatch Mm -hmm. are not officers, which I also thought was very interesting. There's very few officers in it. The common difference being education, usually. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to get into that.
0: Yeah. It's a different (laughs) political rant. We can do that another time.
1: (laughs) And then Ivanova, I love her line, if you need me, I'll be over there getting drunk with the rest of the aliens. Mm -hmm. That's such a good line. Uh, One, because it's Ivanova. Mm -hmm. but to that the rest of the aliens the implication that humanity is just as alien as all of the other aliens that are on Babylon 5 is a very important recognition and also like a clear line in the sand of where she stands with regards to xenophobia
0: Mm -hmm. and I really appreciated
1: that because she's
0: she's gonna go with the aliens and me too Ivanova
1: right (laughs) go get drunk with those aliens yeah We wrap up with Sinclair giving his interview and delivering probably one of the best quotes of season one. My notes here just say, just play the damn clip. It's so good. So play the clip.
0: So, Commander, after all you've just gone through, I have to ask you the same question a lot of people back home are asking about space these days. Is it worth it? Should we just
1: pull back? Forget the whole thing is a bad idea, and take care of our own problems at home.
0: No. We have to stay here. And there's a simple reason why. Ask 10 different scientists about the environment, population control, genetics, and you'll get 10 different answers. But there's one thing every scientist on the planet agrees on. Whether it happens in 100 years, or 1,000 years, or a million years, eventually our sun will grow cold and go out. When that happens, it won't just take us. It'll take Marilyn Monroe and Lao Tzu and Einstein and Moro Puto and Buddy Holly and Aristophanes. All of this, all of this was for nothing unless we go to the stars. that was a good way to end the episode.
1: Yeah. All this was nothing if we don't go to the stars, man.
0: Yeah. And boy, that like at this time of climate change and I don't know, maybe there's a virus.
1: Maybe (laughs) we haven't decided when we're releasing these yet. So yeah, maybe.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That just really hits it. Doesn't it? Yep. If all if, if this goes away, we all go away, guys. Yeah. Like, that's where we're at right now. So get your shit together, people.
1: Right. Climate change. Fucking get a vaccination. Fuck. Come on.
0: <laughs> this one was supposed to be a silly monster of the week episode. What did we do to it?
1: <laughs> it's so heavy. This episode is so heavy. <laughs> when, you, when you texted me and were like, I didn't like this one. Mm -hmm. And I'm all like, I did. Uh You know, and I think that we talked about it a little bit then. Obviously, we've talked about it for an hour or something now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, So it's been an hour or something. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very heavy episode. The Monster of the Week stuff is completely unimportant to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really care for it. Like, it was a means to an end to tell the story they wanted to tell Mm -hmm. with the technology and stuff, but I did like this episode a lot, one, because of all the foreshadowing about all the stuff that's coming, which is most episodes of Babylon five. And um, it's
0: really easy to, to miss. I think if you're just watching for, yeah. the,
1: I think this is an episode A-plot. to go back and yeah. watch after you finish the series for sure. Yes, exactly. Because it is very different. Like if you, knowing stuff is foreshadowing as opposed to knowing that this is a sci-fi show that feels like a monster of the week episode, especially in the mid nineties before serialized television was a thing. Mm -hmm. It's easy to look at a lot of the stuff in this episode and just go, oh, that was a weirdly philosophical conversation for no point right now. But as part of the grander picture and scheme of uh, science importance, which is the the name of the season is all about foreshadowing things to come. It fits in really well there.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've had an episode that didn't have pertinent information for later, that didn't have foreshadowing. Yeah. and these first, what is this? This was number five? Yeah. So it's not, this isn't Star Trek The Next Generation, where you might get little kernels here and there that come back. It's all important.
1: It is. Yeah, this is a next gen. And we'll continue to be shown that a lot um, until you stop trying to compare it to Next Gen and you start trying to compare it to Deep Space Nine. And then it's also not that show.
0: Oh, we're always comparing it to Deep Space Nine though. Always. Play, <laughs>
1: play, play the, the drop. Play the drop. <laughs> so after this, we have season one, episode six, Parliament of Dreams. Jakar is hunted by a hired political assassin. Sinclair and Catherine reconcile their past differences and renew their romance. Hmm. Catherine being someone different than The Gathering.
0: Yes, so we've officially ditched Carol. Yeah, but we're apparently going back to Catherine
1: because yeah. apparently
0: they already have a history,
1: which we'll see. Because I don't remember this. I remember a bit of the Chakar plot from this episode.
0: Yeah, I don't think I remember either plot. It'll be fresh for me.
1: <laughs> but yeah, next week, Parliament of Dreams, we'll figure it out, and we'll watch it, and we'll talk about it, and we'll talk about ourselves.
0: Yeah, as always. Thank you to Jeremy Siegel for our music. He's at Jeremy siegel 42bandcampcom
1: Yep. Thank you to the Kickstand Band, who did the theme of my other podcast that's defunct, but they just put out a new single based on the 1990s sci-fi horror movie, Cube.
0: Um, <laughs> and I love it. I
1: love the song, and I love that movie. Uh, so I'll give you guys a shout out, even though we don't use your theme song on this or you don't we don't use your song on this podcast just as a i saw thank you addition <laughs> to my life kickstand band you can find their music at the com.
0: it's like everyone's on bandcamp right
1: they are it's because they that's treat weird. artists well and if you're <laughs> curious how it feels as the single that was our my other podcast theme song which i don't think i've talked about at all you can go find draft the universe on everything that's a podcast that depending on whether or not I've re-upped the subscription, has two episodes or 150. Well, we've rambled out a lot. <laughs> See you next week, internet.